Hey, Merry Christmas, Mercy Street. We're so glad that uh, you are in the room tonight to worship with us or you're joining us online. And especially to the women that are in treatment this year, whether that's at Santa Maria or guys that are in treatment, we want you to know that uh, in, in God's garden and God's economy, nothing is wasted. So this Christmas looks a little different, but next year, as you heard in the room, just set your sights on what God will be restoring at this exact time a year from now. And many of you in the room can uh, provide witness and testimony to that. So uh, as a way of gathering our hearts, we are going to be lighting the Christ candle and lighting candles around the room, which is not just a tradition for tradition's sake, but it's a reminder to us that the light has come and the darkness can never extinguish it. And sometimes it takes a moment for the light to begin to work its way around the room, but the light always penetrates the darkness. And so uh, we will conclude tonight by singing Silent Night and filling this room with the light of God. And we hope, and our invitation for each of us here tonight is, as we leave, we'll be extinguishing the candles, but we're carrying with us that light. We carry with us that light that has come alive in us and is born anew in us today. So um, I have prepared a 53-minute sermon. Just buckle up. It's nervous laughter or something else. No. Uh, we're, I want to read some traditional passages tonight. Um, a few will be coming shortly to read. There'll be passages from the Gospel of Luke when an angel appeared to Mary and said, Blessed are you, favored one. And this teenage girl that lived in a suburb of nothing town said, Me? Favored? Blessed? And then she endured uh, nine months of pregnancy which pregnancy in that day was much like pregnancy today. I'm sure there were swollen ankles and, and attitudes and cravings for pickles and ice cream in the middle of the night or whatever. But she endured that waiting period until the promise was actually in her presence and she could see it. Was that a sneeze? Okay. And then... <laughs> And then we'll read the passage from Isaiah 9. ADHD is a real thing. We'll read the passage from Isaiah 9, which, which centuries ago said the light has come into the darkness, and, and, and behold, it's a wonderful counselor, almighty God, a ruler of justice and the prince of peace. And what we do on this day is each of us in this room, we remember that on this night we we have ears to hear, we can hear that message from God once again to each one of us here. Greetings, favored one, blessed. For the Spirit will come upon you. And it may take a while for the promise to be in your presence, but that promise will be birthed in your life. And so God, on this Christmas Day, God acts in three ways, as Father, Son, and Spirit, as Holy Trinity. And what I want to offer into the room tonight is God acts as a midwife, a newborn, and a ruler. The Spirit is the midwife, <laughs> coaching and encouraging Mary to just keep going. 
God appears as a newborn, fresh, vulnerable, fragile, and God is almighty ruler. I don't know which of those, of those ways of God with us that God is extending to you tonight, maybe all three. Maybe there is one in particular as we hear these passages that you grab a hold of, or maybe there is one tonight that grabs a hold of you. But as the passages are read, as they are woven together tonight, these, these are the messages of the angels, of Lisa and David and Anne, our angels among us, who will read from the ancient text. And tonight, God comes to us as a midwife, reminding us to keep going, as a newborn, as something fresh and fragile, and as an almighty ruler, a power greater than ourselves. While they read, there will also be artwork on the screen as another way of engaging with the passage. Would you encourage them as they come to read from the sacred text tonight? I'm reading Luke 1, 28 through 35. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's Son. Luke 2, 15 through 20. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at, at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. I'm reading from Isaiah 9, 2 through 3 and 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. You have made the nation great, you have increased its joy. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness now and forever. The zeal of the Lord 
of heavenly forces will do this. And I'm reading from Romans 22 through 25. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. And it is not only the creation. We ourselves have the spirit as the first crop of the harvest, also grown inside us as we wait to be adopted and for our bodies to be, to set, be set free. We are saved in hope. If we see that we, what we hope for, that isn't hope. Who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. Amen. So God as ruler. In this picture, we get an insight not only into the Isaiah passage, but what was uh, told to Mary by the angel, that God will be the exalted one. And Mary sings about what that exaltation will be like. It is the exalted will be brought low, and those who are low will be exalted. And we get a picture of that when the shepherds and the magi, when those who have a PhD in the school of life and those who have a PhD in philosophy show up to this town and they gather the rich and the poor and they celebrate. This ruler God will be the one that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. A ruler who will not demand oppression, a ruler who will not insert that power on others just for the sake of influence, but a ruler whose power will transform all of creation. And in that moment in Bethlehem, and it has continued since then, God comes to us as a power greater than ourselves. And so this Christmas, maybe it is an invitation for you to once again accept this God, who is ruler. If that is a, a task that you try to hold in your life, in your family system, or in your work system, because if you don't hold it all together, maybe the whole thing is going to fall apart. Maybe this Christmas it is to set down the burden of that responsibility. And in the quiet of Christmas morning, say, God with us, God with me, come and be ruler in my life. Help me to rule as you do, to, to measure with justice, to bring about peace, to hold out judgment until the final word comes, to not gain satisfaction from anger or resentments, but to be one who uses your influence and your power in this world like God does, to win hearts. So God as ruler, or maybe the message for you this Christmas is to receive God as a newborn. I was thinking this past week, there is a lot of things about my faith journey that are mature, like ready to apply for Medicare mature. <laughs> I know that passage. I've heard it before. <laughs> what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall height nor death, angels nor death? I've heard it. I've What is it that God is doing that is, that is new and, and fragile in your life this Christmas, that is a newborn that, that needs to be nurtured and fed and paid attention to? 
And yes, even wakes you up at 2 a.m. with some burden on your heart. Maybe this Christmas, embrace the joy of a newborn way of God showing up in your life. Set aside the burden of being all adult and be surprised by how love, hope, joy, and peace may come to you this Christmas. And then finally, God comes as midwife. This passage from Romans 8 that Anne read, for the Spirit, it hovers over creation. It knows that all of creation groans as if in the pains of birth, waiting for the fulfillment of God's promise. And in that, in that place that had probably more than 38 animals, AJ, it may have had 100 animals where Mary gave birth. In, in that place, it was Mary and Joseph, and there may have been others, but I believe God's spirit was there whispering in Mary's ear, push, breathe, push, breathe. A woman, uh, Pastor Ginger Gaines Sorelli, she is the pastor of Foundry United Methodist in Washington, D.C. The last four years, she's become uh, a friend, a friend that I talk to once a year, but who I listen to and learn from. She says this, God is a midwife right here among us, coaxing us and soothing us to push through the pain in order to receive new life. God, the midwife, pushes us to change in ways that allow new life to be born in our world. God, the midwife, speaks her words of encouragement, reminding us how strong we are, how beautiful, how beloved, how favored we are. And so having faith in a loving, steadfast, ever-present midwife God doesn't mean that we get to dismiss the pain. It's there but it allows us to bring our pain into the larger vision of God. It allows our suffering to have purpose. Our hopes are given this context and this, this shape, and we are reminded of who we are and what we can do. And so somebody in the room tonight, God is appearing to you as that midwife that is saying, breathe and push and breathe and keep going in the midst of the pain. These tears are tears of deep appreciation and joy. <laughs> Friends, what a miracle that we get to celebrate this together. What a miracle that God does come to us as an almighty ruler, as a prince of peace, that God comes to us as a newborn, as something fresh, and, and we can just behold God's presence. We don't need to figure it out. If you ever look at a baby, you're not trying to make sense of what the, maybe what the baby's thinking, but, but you're not trying to make sense. You're just soaking in the love and the presence. And God's spirit tonight is reminding us once again the presence of the promise is coming. It is here. And tonight, in hope and in faith, we're going to light this Christ candle. <laughs> we're going to light the candle as a way of celebrating this Christmas joy. We'll be able to sing Silent Night together. 
as Amanda leads us in lighting the Christ candle, there will be others will come forward and, uh, and light our candle and then pass it back through the room. But let me also invite you, you may, after the, the light spreads across the room, you may want to come and light a candle as a sign of that darkness that has been penetrated with the light. And to perhaps say to God, thank you for being ruler. Thank you for coming anew. And thank you for believing in me, in us, and in this blessed world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.